Jeremiah 29. I hope you have your Bibles. You'll turn with me to Jeremiah 29. I didn't plan a PowerPoint. You know, I was on vacation last week. Now, Howard's going to be back next Sunday, and he's, he's get, planning to get back Friday or Saturday. He's going to preach on Sunday. I don't know how he's going to do it. Just vacation kind of, you know, not a great time to prepare messages. But uh, anyway, it is vacation time, and uh, it's a real privilege to be here. Uh, I am Gary Johnson. I'm the uh, dr- executive director for the Miami Baptist Association. And uh, I've announced my retirement. I'm going to retire at the end of the year. And so I've asked Howard to be on the committee to find my replacement. So uh, anyway, that's what, what's going on with me. Do what? Yeah, well, he said he does not feel led. Uh, if, if he felt led, I wouldn't have put him on the committee. So. Um, Jeremiah 29. You know, we, we just went on vacation. We drove up through to Ohio and back down. We went over 3,000 miles in 11 states. Uh, we didn't have to use a mask the whole time. I felt like when we got out of South Florida, we, we had left the pandemic. You come back to South Florida and there's constant reminders uh, that we haven't really gotten out of the pandemic. Uh, the question that comes to my mind, and maybe to yours, and the title of my sermon today is The New Normal. What's life going to be like when we really do get out of this thing? Uh, what, what is the new normal? Uh, really, that's about change. Because there's change in our life throughout our life. We, our life is always changing. You, you know that. Uh, man, I start thinking about all the different changes uh, in my own personal life, uh, man, I changed. I joined the Navy when I was young. That was a change. Then I got out of the Navy. That was a change. I uh, got saved while I was in the Navy. That was a change. Begin to think different, see things different. Got married. That was a change. Had kids. That was a change. Every time we had a new child, our life changed. Then they start getting married and move out. You know, that was a change. And, uh, you know, one lady at church told me, she goes, oh, they'll be back, and they multiply. Well, they did come back, and they did multiply. But anyway, they eventually moved out again. Uh, my mother-in-law moved in. That was a change. She died. That was a change. I mean, your life is constantly changing. Now I'm getting ready to retire. So uh, what is the new normal going to look like in my own life? You know, the new normal. Uh, there are new normals in the Bible. Now, the Bible's full of new normals. Adam and Eve were cast out of the Garden of Eden, and they had to learn how to live life differently. Uh, Noah had removed all the animals off of the ark, and they had to learn how to live over again, how to live life again. Uh, throughout the Bible, there's a lot of different new normals. The new normal when the church began in the New Testament, that was a new Normal. That was not the typical Jewish kind of thing. Uh, now we're going to look in Jeremiah 29. That's a, that's a different normal. And it, this comes, and I want to give you kind of a little historic history of, of how this comes about. But if you remember, Israel was only a nation for 120 years, up until 1948. 1948, the United Nations placed Israel, their land, and uh, there's been a battle over there, you know, uh, whether that land is theirs, you know, 
there's a battle going on all the time in Israel, but Israel was only a nation for 120 years. Remember, they were, they were a group of people that lived, they came into the promised land, but they were only a nation under three kings. You remember Saul, David, Solomon? Those are the only two, three times that they were a nation, united as a nation, and uh, then you remember that Solomon and David had multiple wives, had multiple kids. The kids began to argue who was in charge. There was battles, and, and the nation split to a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Are you, are you still with me, or did I lose you? The northern kingdom kind of, you know, kind of dissipated, but, uh, you know, there's some arguments about that. But the southern kingdom, Babylon came in, they destroyed the temple and they took 50,000, at least 50,000 Israelites out of Jerusalem to Babylon. That's where we're going to pick up the story. How to live a new normal. They were going to experience a new normal. Jeremiah 29, verse 4. I, I rambled on enough that hopefully you found it by now. Jeremiah 29, verse 4. The Bible says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Heavenly Father, help us to understand your word. Help us to apply your word. Lord, help us to really focus our attention upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. The new normal. The new normal. The Israelites had to learn how to live in a new country how to learn to live with a new language, how to live with a new culture. Uh, sounds familiar here in, in Miami, Miami-Dade County. Uh, the new normal. What's the new normal? Uh, maybe we have people that moved here from all over the world. They come to Miami. Uh, they come and they have to learn a new language. They have to learn new traditions, new cultures. Uh, you know, many people in Miami are trying to move out. They're only here for a short time, you know. We've been here 23, 24 years. Uh, I'm surprised we've been here that long. You know, some people didn't think we would last. And, uh, you know, now I'm going to retire and we're going to stay in Miami. We're not, we're not even uh, moving, uh, which is kind of funny because I know people that were planning, planning to live here and they did move. We're not planning to go anywhere. anywhere. But uh, the new normal, what is the new normal going to look like when we really get through the pandemic? How will life be different? Look with me. Jeremiah 29, I hope you just leave your Bibles open there. I'm not going anywhere else. You got to just kind of walk through here. Jeremiah 29, verse 5, the Bible says, Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Well, that doesn't sound very different. Build houses, plant gardens, that, that sounds pretty normal. Verse 6, take wives, beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may, may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. The new normal is going to look a lot like our old life. Things are going to be different, but the new normal is the words that Jeremiah, Jeremiah the, the weeping prophet, Jeremiah the prophet is trying to encourage his people, you're going to a new place, but build houses, live in those houses, plant gardens, eat the fruit, just, just, just live your life, live, live your life like you normally would live your life. 
take wives, beget sons and daughters and, and your children and, and grandchildren. Now he's thinking a little bit further than just what their life is going to be like now. Think of your kids. Think of your grandkids. Live your life. Now, you know, honestly, well, I used to like change. When I was young, I, you know, I embraced change. When, when I was young, you know, I was always trying to get a promotion and get a new job. or you know, uh, I, I was kind of adventurous. You know, when we lived in Illinois, and I got a call to go to Wayside Baptist Church here in Miami. That's why we moved here. Man, I just jumped on that. I was, that sounded like a great opportunity. And everybody said, you're nuts. Why would you, li- why would you give up these cornfields? You know, everything was pretty like a little bubble in, in society. And you're going to move to Miami? Man, that was back when Miami wasn't safe. That's a joke. Cause it's... <laughs> but, you know, I was adventurous. I, I always liked new, new adventures. But now I'm old. You know, I don't like changes much anymore. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but now I'm just trying to, just trying to hold on, just trying to keep things calm. I, I don't need any more changes. Are you with me on that? You know, just, uh, but, but the new normal means that there is changes. There's always changes. You know, it just, uh, I don't think we can get out of it. So how do we handle new changes? How do we handle the changes in life? How do we handle the new normal? Well, Jeremiah says, build houses, plant gardens. Yeah, I mean, live your life. Sons and daughters, get married. They're going to have kids. Just live your life. God will take care of the rest. Put our trust in him. Look with me in verse 7. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. Pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. This is a verse that I claim for my job at the Miami Baptist Association. I've been there 15 years, and so I've, I've claimed this, that, that we would seek the peace, and the NIV says, in prosperity of the city that God has called us. Now, the Israelites were being carried away, being taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. But Jeremiah is saying, seek peace. Pray for the city that you are going to be in. Just think. Pray for the city that God has placed you. Maybe you're passing through. Maybe you're planning to go somewhere else. But you're here. God may want to use you while you're here. Uh, You know, I've always kind of taken that. You know, I've lived different places. I've always jumped in. I've always, you know, I mean, as far as I know, everywhere we've went, that was going to be where I died. I I just jumped in. I, I made that home what I thought was going to be the place where I would, would retire. Now that I'm retiring, I've had a few other places, but I've jumped in. Man, when, when uh, we lived in Illinois, I was a Cub fan. That, that, that was hard to do growing up in Ohio. And, uh, you know, but, but I became a Cub fan, a Bear fan. You know, I, that's just, I came to Miami, I just jumped immediately. You know, in sports, all, you know, became a fan, hurricanes, every, every, everybody. Uh, you know how many people don't do that? Now, I know that sounds silly, but, there, but there's a lot of guys. Now, guys are into, uh, most of us guys are into some sports. 
There's a lot of guys, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm still a Laker fan. I'm still, you know, how can you be a Laker fan? You know, it's on the West Coast, you know. Uh, how can you be a different fan? You know, jump in to the city that God has called you. He's called us here, here in Homestead, here in Miami-Dade, here, here in South Florida. He, he, he's called us to live here. Plant your lives. Be here. Be real. You know, make this your home. Plan to live here where your kids and your grandkids you know, people told us, you're crazy, you're going to take three little white kids and move to Miami. You know, you know it's kind of funny, you because know, you know how you fold paper up and you make football, play football game on the, you know, you know, we did that, you know. First thing my son learns to play is you fold it and you make a little gun out of it. <laughs> we went back to Illinois and he was show, showing his friends, this is what you do in Miami, you make a gun. Huh? Anyway, Jump in. This is it. I, I, my kids loved Miami. They, they didn't have a bad experience. And, I, and I've said, if you raise your family here, you get lots of opportunities. They can be very good or very bad, but living in Miami-Dade County, you've got lots of opportunities. If you teach your kids to choose well and do well, they'll have opportunities to do well. If you don't choose well, if you, you know, man, kids can go down fast. We have three adult kids that are all in their 30s now. They're all three serving full-time ministry. We didn't plan that. That's just what happened. Our two daughters married pastors, and my son is a minister of music. I don't know where they got music from, Pam, but they all got into music. My, you know, I don't even know how to play the radio very well. But they, and you know, they look, you can use music much more than playing football, I guess. But uh, anyway, my kids are all, all doing well. Miami did not hurt them. And, my, and, they, and two of the kids have moved on. Now, my daughter lives in Panama City. My son lives in Jacksonville. I have a daughter who lives here. Her husband's a pastor here in town. Uh, they love Miami. Miami did not hurt them. They got, they got to experience a lot of things by living in South Florida. They got to, you know, my kids are not, they're not shy. That's a big deal. You know, you, you, you know, think, I mean, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but when we moved here, we, we were white. We were milky white. We, got, we at least got a little tan now, but I mean, we were milky white. And we look like we just got off the farm in, Ohio, in Illinois. And so when my kids go to school, they stuck out. They stuck out. But they learned how to live, even learned a little Latin accent or something. I don't know what, you know. But they, they, they loved Miami. You know, so it, when God called them to live in another city, it wasn't that they were trying to escape, trying to get out of here. They always talk about that they love the food, they love the sports, they love, you know, there's something here in South Florida that's just exciting. Maybe, you know, just most entertaining is turn on the news, see what's going on. So, anyway, <laughs> seek the peace, and the NIV says, and the prosperity, that's shalom peace, uh, prosperity of the city where he's called you, 
He's taking you away captive. And you read verse 4. God caused this. God created this. He's put you here. There in Babylon, but wherever God has called you to be here. Make the best of it. Live your life. God is doing something big in your life. Verse 10, he says he's going, we're going to be there 70 years. 70 years. So that's a long time, but, but, but make the best of it. God is doing something big in your life. Verse 8, walking our way down through the passage here. Verse 8, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in the midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them says the Lord. Boy, we are surrounded by false prophets, by false diviners, people who, who, who play uh, like they know it all, like they know something that you don't know. Uh, living in Miami, li- living in South Florida, we are exposed to this all the time. In fact, a little bit of this came up in our Sunday school lesson about who do you trust? Boy, if you live in Miami, and, and certainly my job, I said, I don't trust anybody anymore. You know, it used to be I trusted everybody. I, I don't know if, if you've done that or not, but uh, I, was, I was pretty naive. I would trust anybody and everything, and living in Miami now, I don't trust anybody. Are, are you still with me? <laughs> so how do you learn who to trust, how to trust? How do you learn to discern what's good and what's bad, Jeremiah says, don't listen to all these false prophets. Don't listen to all these guys. They, they want to pull you here and there. Where is our trust? Our trust is in the Lord. Our trust is in the Lord, bigger and better than what somebody may paint as a picture. Because there's always somebody pulling you, wanting you to invest in this, wanting you to go here for this. Trust the Lord. You know, I, I've, I've been taken by some people. I, I've given money to people that may not have done the money. In fact, I've lost a lot of money. You know, God's blessed me with other money. Not that I have a whole lot, but, you know, but you know what? When I give somebody money, I've learned not to even expect it back. Have you done this? So that way, if they don't pay it back, I didn't lose it anyway. You know, my trust is in the Lord. God will repay, and he does. He does take care of us. Trust in him. I'm not going to trust in some, even guys in the church. You know, and we moved here, and the first thing, some, a lady came up. This is like a Wednesday night at church. Somebody had stolen her purse from church. Now, that's happened a lot more since then. (laughs) But you know what we learned? Keep your purse with you. (laughs) You're not going to trust leaving your purse on a pew in the church. You don't do that, do you? You'd say, well, nobody here would take it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that visit, too. There might be people that come in the door when everybody's in the fellowship hall and your purse is laying here. Don't do that. Have you, my, my kids have learned to do that. My kids have learned to do that. I've learned to do it. My wife, you learn to do things. Pray for the peace, the prosperity of the city to which God has called you. 
For if it prospers, you will prosper. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jeremiah encouraged them. Live your life. Live your life. Don't be afraid of the world. Just trust the Lord bigger and more than yourself. Verse 10. I'm still walking through this passage. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. This place meaning Jerusalem. After 70 years. Now most of us cannot imagine 70 years. I I, I really can't. I mean, I'm not 70 yet. I'll be 70 soon, I guess. But I... I can't think it, you know, the Lord, the next 70 years, the next 70 years, I'm not going to be around. Chances are in the next 70 years, my kids won't be around. Chances are in the next 70 years, maybe my grandkids may or may not be around. But the plan is that God has a plan bigger than me. God has a plan bigger than you. God has a plan bigger than that group of people that had to, be go- had to go to Babylon in 70 years. God will do what he says he's going to do. He'll bring his people back. He'll bring, it may not be that same group of people, but it'll be Israelites. He'll bring back to Jerusalem. And if you read uh, books in the Bible talking about rebuilding the temple and coming back, I mean, he does do what he says he's going to do. Many of us have, have a short, a short-term thinking. You know, I, I mean, honestly, my life is bigger than my life. In fact, my life is not even my life. God's got something bigger than me. So I'm going to retire, somebody else is going to take this job, and, you know, life is going to go on. When I was the pastor at Wayside... I said when, when God had called me to do this director of mission stuff, by the way, I'm still a member at Wayside. They had to vote to allow me to stay as a member. They had in their bylaws that if the pastor resigned, he couldn't stay as a pastor, he couldn't stay as a member of the church. So they voted to allow my wife and I to stay, which, <laughs> which is kind of weird. I, I try to stay out of the way too. But anyway, God is going to do something bigger than you. And I, I, I told people, I, I'm, I wasn't the first pastor, and I'm not going to be the last pastor. I tell, I tell pastors, I work with a lot of pastors now, and I tell them, I said, you may have started this church, but hopefully you're not going to be the last, pa- you're not going to be the last pastor. This church, you're building this church, but you're going to move on. You're going to die. You're going somewhere else. God's going to do this church. Just think of the history of First Baptist Church Homestead. It's the, it's the oldest church in the Miami Baptist Association, the longest living church. You know how many churches have come and gone? I mean, big churches that you would remember that, are no, lo- that no longer exist. Uh, the one downtown, what was the name of that one? Uh, oh, Central Baptist Church. What was, what was, the, what was the, some other ones? They no longer exist. The property's not even there. At least Central, they're, 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 they're redoing it. It's, it's going to look pretty neat. Uh, man, there's Wayside Baptist Church was started by Alapata Baptist Church. Alapata Baptist Church was the first church on TV. It was, it was a big church, ran thousands of people. 
that, that church is no longer exists. In fact, last time I drove by there, there was a gr- just grass. It, the building's gone. You know how I many churches come and go? You will come and go. But God wants to use you because he has something bigger in store than just your life. You, you, you don't get saved and just want to get blessed and, and, and that's what it's all about. No. God wants to use you. He wants to go through you. He's aiming at other people going through you. So he's going to bless you and use you, but you're going to die. But the ones he's working on are behind you. Your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor. Where God wants to use you, but your life is not even your life. God wants to use you, but you're just a utensil in his array of things to do. So verse 10, in 70 years, he's going to bring them back. You may not be the ones he's coming back with, but but he's going to raise people to come back. Verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Ah, man, I love this passage. This verse is one you, you could put into memory. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Did you know the Lord is thinking about you? Did you know that you're on his mind and he's thinking of you? And what what does he think? Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God is thinking of you. The Lord is thinking of you and he's got good thoughts, peaceful thoughts, not evil thoughts. He's got thoughts of you for your future, for uh, your hope. Man, that's a great verse, that God is thinking about you. You know, even when you're not thinking about him, he's thinking about you. Uh, And so Jeremiah is encouraging. He's encouraging his people. I know the thoughts that I have toward you. I I know, you know, so so many of us, have friends or maybe even family members that are not serving the Lord. They were maybe raised in church or uh, at least come to church. Maybe they've made a profession of faith, but they're, but they're not serving the Lord. But God is thinking of them. The thoughts that I have toward you, you know, God is thinking of people. I've encouraged a couple people I know that I've encouraged about uh, their kids. And their kids may not be walking the way that they were raised or that they want them to. And I said, well, hang on. God's not done yet. You know, just, you know you're not the same person that you were 10 years ago. I mean, I, I imagine when I graduated high school, there would have been a lot of people that would have wrote me off. That I, they, you know, they couldn't believe that Gary Johnson is still alive. I, I didn't believe I was still alive. I, mean, I should have died several times. But, uh, but, but God changed my life. My 20s, God changed my life. I didn't, I didn't end the 20s like I began the 20s. So the, the story isn't over yet. So those people that you are thinking of and praying for, hang in there. Keep praying for them. God may use you. Uh, and, 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 you know, we may go a, a year or two or even a decade and we don't see God at work. But God is thinking of them. They're on his mind. And it's not revenge. You know, we think, let's get revenge. Let's get even. 
No, God has a plan. He's thinking of them, and his thoughts are of peace. They're not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I shared in the, in the first service, and I read this week, of how the, the pandemic has, 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 has probably caused about 400,000 deaths in the United States. 400,000 deaths, and that's terrible, it's tragic. Only less than 5% of those deaths have been with people under the age of 35. Less than 5, in fact, I read it was, it was 3.75, but, but less than 5% have been deaths by COVID under the age of 35. But this is what I read that caught my attention. What's interesting is how many people have died that were young by death by despair. Death by despair. Young people have been in despair. There's been weird deaths, Not, not just COVID deaths, but think of the mental problems that, that people have had during the COVID situation. Young people have not handled that as well as us older people have handled. Young people, you know, we, we think, you know, we're older, you know, we, we, we're going to survive, we're going to get through this. But for young people, they don't, man, this is, this is taking long. What we thought was going to be two weeks or a month has now ended up being a year and a half, and we're still really not out of the pandemic. Kind of, sort of, but not totally out of it. Uh, Think of the school situation. You remember back in March of 2020, when school was put on hold all across our nation, but really across the world, and we thought we'd get back in two weeks, and we thought we'd get back in a month. Uh, Some schools did reopen in May, right before graduation. Most did not. Then the fall came. Most schools, some schools open, not open, very chaotic. Should they open? Should they not open? Now we're getting ready to start a new school year. This will be the third year for young people to deal with the COVID situation. Man, that is staggering for young people. That that blows their mind. They, They don't see an end. You and I know, well, this has got to end. It's going to end. We're kind of, kind of thinking we're coming to an end. But for young people, children, they don't see it. And the, and the death by despair, the death by despair has shot up very high, percentage-wise, very high. I mean, just think of the people arguing, people, the, the road rage. Think of the arguments. People, people are acting crazy. Have you seen this in the news? People on airplanes having fights. People in grocery stores having fights. You know, we've lost, somehow we've lost our connection how to communicate with people. In churches, I've talked with pastors. When they they get back to having the church reopen, there's been church members arguing, frustrated over things that they didn't used to. In fact, I I was telling them in our first service, you know, we work with about 400 churches in Miami-Dade County. We still have several churches that have not reopened. They have not reopened. They, they have been closed for over a year. A lot of our black churches have, have, have just recently reopened. 
But uh, some of our black churches are not reopened. Uh, we have big Jamaican churches have not reopened. So, you know, this, this pandemic thing is, is, is bigger. I, I don't really totally understand it. But we're not, we don't know how to deal with people. We don't know how to interact with people like we used to. I live in a, in a uh, retirement or older people community, and we walk around, we say hi to everybody. You know what we do now when we walk, we see somebody, we get out of the sidewalk, and, okay, and, and we go, we, we don't trust anybody anymore. The, the trust level is gone. We don't deal with this. We don't handle this very well. But the Lord is thinking about us. Look with me, please. Verse 12. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. See, after 70 years, there's a lot of things going on, but there's going to come a time when people will come back to the Lord. He's been thinking about us. He's planning on us. Verse 12. Then you will call upon me. Verse 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. See, God's got a plan. His mind and his heart is on us. And his desire is for us to come back to him, to seek him, to search for him with all of our heart. And there will come a time when that, when that happens. Anyway, new normal. There's a lot of new normals. In the Bible, in your life, uh, we got to learn how to adjust for change. Are we able to adjust for change? You know, when the pandemic started, I, I, I took my computer and everything into my house. I worked out of the house. I didn't want to do that. I, man, I, I complained, uh, but I did. And uh, then I moved everything back to the office. And you know what? I didn't want to do that either. <laughs> I, I really kind of liked working out of the house. But life goes on. We adjust. We, we, we figure out what to do. Uh, you, you can't stop. The world is spinning. You, you can't stop. You can't find a place and just say, no, I like it here. I'm, I'm just going to stay right here in, in life. Life doesn't stop. Your kids get older. You get older. Things change. But where's your trust? Point of my message today is to really just trust the Lord. Wherever he calls you. I, my outline, which I didn't use, but my outline was accept it. You know, whatever this new normal is going to be, accept it. Build houses, plant gardens. My outline was accept it, be patient. You know, your wives, your children, your grandchildren, be patient. Seek the peace of the city which he has called you. See, confide in God. You know, trust him. You know, God is doing things more than you see. You know, it, it's just, it's amazing what God is doing that we can't see. But we know he's thinking of us. He's thinking about us. He's thinking beyond what we see. I like to use the example of my glasses. You know, I, I, I can take off my glasses and I can see. I can drive home. I, I, I drive home very slow and drive people crazy. But when I put on glasses, life comes into focus. 
Oh, I can see better. Oh, I can, I can, I can make things out. When we read the Bible and we pray on a consistent basis, we're, we're reading the Bible, we, it's like putting on glasses. We begin to understand the world. We begin to understand the news. We begin to understand how things are operating in the world because God is teaching us. He's speaking to us. Trust him. Trust him. He has got something in store for you and me. And I close, it's not about you. It's really about other people. But he wants to go through you to reach other people. I've shared my, my story, I've shared my testimony here before, but I, on our vacation we went and visited our family members, and it was a reminder of me of where I've come from. And my mom, and I, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but my mom was born, her mother was raped, and that's how my mom was born. This is 1926. My mom didn't know how to love. She, did, she was not a very good mom. But you know, I didn't understand that. I was a kid, you know. You, you, my sisters and I, we, you know, we just knew my mom was a little strange. But uh, anyway, I got saved. My sisters got saved. And, and, and there are over 50 people in my family now are saved. I was the first one. I, I love to tell my story because it's, it's a neat story. And I'm a reminder that I take go on vacation, I see all, all of my, where I've come from. My mom was 51 years old when she got saved. Yeah, you know, I love to tell that story. And I've shared stories about my aunt getting saved at 86. It's just, it's just, and I got to watch all this. It's not that I led any of them to the Lord. I, I just got to watch it. And they said, well, Gary, God had to use you. Well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have seen it if I wasn't walking with the Lord. God is thinking about you, and he's thinking about your life and who's in your life and your circle of life. And he loves you and he wants to bless you, but he's really more, more interested in the person behind you. Who is that? Now, I've got three kids. Sorry. I've got three kids in the ministry. It wasn't about me anyway. I don't know where they're going to go or what they're going to do. I'm going to retire. But God's not done with me. He's not done with you. As we close in prayer, maybe God is speaking to your heart this morning. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. We know that we don't deserve your love. We haven't done anything to deserve it. We haven't done anything to earn it, but we thank you that you love us. And Lord, we know people who need your love. We, we know people that are maybe stepping outside of your will, but we pray for them, Lord. We pray that you would bring them back. Lord, only you can do it. I, I mean, we can talk to them, and, but we can't coerce them. We, so we pray that you might use us to encourage them to walk with you, to trust you. Lord, as we close in prayer today, uh, we think of so many people in our minds and our hearts today that need you. They need to trust you. They need to walk with you. May the new pandemic, maybe, maybe this new normal coming out of the pandemic 
be them walking with you. We pray that. That would be worth it all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.